This is Without Compromise, a show that explores what happens when you won't settle for anything less than your crazy ideas. We'll talk to athletes, founders, adventurers, and entrepreneurs of all kinds about living without compromise. I'm your host, Mason Gravely. Welcome to the show. We're programmed for survival, so our instinct is to give up on these situations, to move away from them. I thought if I didn't sign up for that race, that I was just going to disappear. It doesn't have to be these big, huge things that everyone thinks you need to do to make a difference. As you may know, we had a team of ambassadors from Athletic Brewing racing at the Barcelona Ironman, the full Ironman there. And, uh, you know, that's called Team Athletic. We put that together every year, and actually applications are open right now, so hurry and get them in if you're an ambassador, that is. Uh, But we also had a couple special guests. We had some uh, reporters that we challenged to say, hey, would you be interested in racing in the Ironman as well. And Marty Munson of Men's Health said yes. She had set her PR for Half Ironman, her personal record, 10 years ago, and she wanted to see 10 years later if she could do it again with more responsibility, 10 years older, uh, so much more going on in life. And so she immediately got to work to training, to organizing her life around how she was going to get this done. And so we're going to hear her story just days after the experience right here in this conversation. So I hope you enjoy. I hope you get inspired. I actually learned a ton from this. Uh, she shares a lot of insight from uh, what her coaches taught her, and uh, it, it was actually really insightful. And I, I was just taking a shower like this morning, thinking about some of these lessons that Marty was saying and how they're literally applying to my life right now. So I loved this conversation. And if you want to check out her blog about it in Men's Health, uh, there is a link to that in the show notes. Uh, but you can also Google it. So without further ado, let's get into it. And I'm hoping that it inspires you to set some sort of major goal uh, either before the end of the year or for 2023. All right, let's jump in. All right, folks, welcome to Without Compromise. You heard a little bit about Marty's story in the intro, uh, but we want to welcome Marty to the show. Marty, how you doing? Thank you. I'm fine. I'm recovered now. You're recovered now. Awesome. Was it, uh, (laughs) how did that go? Was that, I don't know, better or worse than you expected? It, I was surprised that it was that I had as much recovering to do as I did, you know, but it went pretty quickly. I was uh, able to swim a lot. And, um, you know, I would say the hardest part of finishing any race is the vacuum of not having your schedule, you know, so it's hard when you've been really on a plan to um, back off and not be on a plan. Is is there a little bit of uh, relief with that too? You're saying, oh my God, I don't have to run a half marathon today or, or, or seven miles or whatever the training was. Uh, at five o'clock in the morning, yes. Um, <laughs> but I still get up at six and do other things. But um, some mornings, uh, on Wednesday mornings, I had a really long workout and um, that was always a little bit of scheduled jujitsu to make it happen. And so it's a little bit of a relief to... Um, you know, not have to worry about getting the exact, you know, two hours and 20 minutes in and um, to maybe if I want to do an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening, that's okay too. Post-race, there's almost this vacuum left in your schedule of like all these spaces that you had built um, to do this that are just 
quickly filling in with something, I'm sure. Maybe you're taking time to figure out what that is next. Maybe you've got something already in, in mind. But but I want to hear a little bit about the backstory of this. You know, we, we invited you to, to race and to compete at uh, an Ironman, um, an Ironman event. But tell, tell us about the opportunity. How did it come across? And, and what was the initial reaction? Was it like, yeah. oh, my God, yes, or... I don't know. Well, it was really interesting because um, originally the pitch was, hey, do you want to do Ironman Barcelona? And I said, how about half? Because <laughs> I knew I hadn't had the time that I would need to train for a full. And was, you know, my last half iron was about a decade ago. And I'd been really toying with the idea. I'd done a couple short races in the past couple of years, but I'd done long endurance races. And between being a um, uh, doing a 70.3 and doing this 70.3, I'd done really, really long uh, swims. So, you know, I swam around Manhattan and I swam from um, Vermont to Canada and stuff. So I had really stayed familiar with the endurance area. I was casting around a lot this year. I mean, my friends will tell you I spent a whole 10K with them, you know, not a race, but just a run one spring day trying to figure out what my goal was going to be this season because I wasn't sure that I wanted to spend, you know, eight hours in the pool every weekend. And I wasn't sure that I wanted to short races maybe weren't kind of doing it for me. And so when this invitation came, I thought this is exactly what I've been looking for. And I had also gotten into a little bit of a, of a situation where um, I had been not paying attention to an old injury. And um, so I had been sort of, you know, like circling around that, you know, you uh, keep adjusting, 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 adjusting your workouts to like not aggravate that injury. And then all of a sudden you're not really doing anything, you know, it's, I wasn't, that I wasn't doing anything. It just was that I wasn't, um, uh, achieving my potential. I felt like I wasn't going anywhere. So when this opportunity came up, I said, yeah, you know, you really have to train for a 70.3. You need to put your time in. And I thought, yes, yeah, is it, is it? Gosh, I, I love that because it, it, it's for a lot of folks, especially really motivated folks. They, they, there's almost not that room in your life to allow serendipity or for something like this to happen. But it sounds like we just it was right when you were saying like, what am I going to be doing this summer? What was one of your first things you went out and did when you realized, okay, this is, this is on my radar now. Well, I was really lucky because they set me up with Ryan Bolton, who um, is a triathlon coach who coaches a lot of pros, but he also coaches a lot of age groupers like me. And um, <clears throat> so I had a really, you know, we talked about my goals, we talked about my plan and he really set out a smart plan for me, um, and I really came to triathlon very late in life. I came to sports very late in life. Like my extreme sport kid was reading Nancy Drew books. So uh, that's what I did as a kid. And, um, and I only got into sports really kind of once I hit 30. And once I hit 40, I found triathlon. And um, then forget it, man, I was, I was in, I was in all of a sudden, you know, triathlon does so much for your life in addition to get you fit. It, triathlon is not about swimming, biking, running. It's about managing your time. It's about managing your food. It's about managing your energy. It's about managing your schedule. It's about using your, um, you know, figuring out how you're going to pace things on race day. It's also for me hugely social because I love to train with people. I had training partners in every sport and train sometimes with different groups. So, um, 
so triathlon for me then became, uh, you know, is like a lifestyle more than just a sport. So um, when I was moving back into it, I reconnected with all those things. Well, well, tell us about jumping into training. You know, this it's a long road. You know, it's it, you got to prepare for months. Like you said, it, it is something that you end up framing a lot of your life around, uh, especially with someone with a lot of responsibilities. And, and what, I, what I find, gosh, the most successful triathletes I know are also some of the busiest people I know. It's kind of funny. Like it just goes hand in hand. <laughs> and like the people with the most responsibilities. What were those first few weeks of training how were they going? How were you feeling? What was your, uh, how was the horizon looking at that point? Mm -hmm. Well, it helped that I had done one, you know, a few before and I knew what to expect. So, you know, logistics become a thing and scheduled jujitsu is a thing. You know, you need to do a long ride on the weekend. Uh, there were a couple of weekends I was somewhere else for a swim race and had to take my bike and then how to figure out, well, if I'm in this new place, how am I going to find 56 miles to ride? Like, I don't know the roads. I don't know the people, what's safe, what's not, you know what I mean? And you quickly then connect with people and, and are able to get it done. So the first few weeks weren't a terrible surprise to me in terms of, um, of actually how to make them work logistically. They were, it, it's actually really comforting to me to have a schedule to follow, you know? So I love that somebody else thought that out and then of course you know my data was delivered to him right from my Garmin so he knew exactly what I was doing and what pace I was doing it at and what heart rate and um, that's incredibly helpful because you know as I was mentioning I didn't I, I, I um, you know didn't grow up in sports and so I basically have no natural talent but I'm very coachable and I really appreciate the guidance of a coach in that to just um, set out a smart man and you just know you're doing the right thing for the right day and you don't have to worry about it, you know? And, and, and I would say the key though was, was scheduling, you know, um, there were days on a Wednesday morning that I would have like a two hour bike and a 20 minute run. And Wednesday morning is the day that I go into my office. So I had to back that out and be like, all right, if I want to be in my office a certain time, then I have to get at a certain time, blah, blah, blah. And there was one morning where I had changed the wheels on my bike to separate wheels to another set of wheels that I have. And it was of course, five o'clock in the morning because it was going to be in the park at five twenty. because I was going to meet a friend at six twenty. So I had to do three loops before I met her at six twenty. You know what I mean? It was like perfectly timed. I start taking my bike out of my home and I realize I have a flat, which isn't generally a problem, except I'm already on a time schedule and it's five o'clock in the morning and I want to get my two hour ride in and my 20 minute run. So, um, of course, the new wheels I put on my bike, I didn't have a spare for. So I looked around the house and I was like, where am I going to find this tube? And so I harvested a tube from my other bike that had to change that tire, had to change my other bike. So basically, it's like 90 degrees. It's, you know, August. I'm swearing, sweating and praying in my kitchen while I'm changing these shots because sometimes I'm, they, they just pop right on and off and other times they just give me a hassle. And lo and behold, I only lost 20 minutes. I did, I had to cut one loop out. I met my friend and it all worked out. But you know, like that's the kind of thing that having a plan helps you do. You figure out how to fit it in. Absolutely. Um, having a plan set up by your coach, Ryan Bolton, uh, it, was this your, you know, co coming to sports later in life, not you know, growing up in team sports or something, had you had a coach before or had this kind of feedback, constant feedback with somebody that was helping you achieve a goal? 
Yeah, for my very, very, very first try, I did. And then I would sort of let the group take over, you know, then I joined groups that I could get coach, you know, um, we would all train together for the same race. And, um, you know, that has its own benefits as well. Um, What were some of the besides flat tires, you know, of course, um, that's, (laughs) that's, those can really be a thorn in your side, no pun intended, but they can really, really just come at the worst times, it seems like. Were there mm-hmm. any other major obstacles on your course of training? Because to me, something like an Ironman or a, or a triathlon of this size and, and, and a goal this big, the journey of getting there, you know, I know it's a cliche, but that is, that's an adventure in itself. And that is just so much, like if you survive that, and you couldn't go to the race for some reason, you should still absolutely be proud because that's half of it right there. What else were some of the obstacles along the way getting to the starting line? Well, actually for me, um, I had sort of migrated away from triathlon because I had what I didn't know know then, but got checked out now. You know how I said that I had sort of kept reducing, reducing my workouts because I was kind of glute pain. And then I was kind of sort of running as much as I could and it just wasn't very satisfying. And so I thought to myself, all right, if you're going to do this, you need to get this checked out. You need to see why you have this glute pain. And um, I went to somebody, I went to a doctor and got it checked out. And it turns out, you know, I had a a herniated disc that was creating it. We put me, you know, I, I got some meds until I got a cortisone injection. However, right before I got the cortisone injection, I, um, my back started really bothering me and my sciatica started really bothering me and it was horrible. And, and you know how like injuries announce themselves and they kind of go, <clears throat> excuse me. And then they say, they say it a little louder. <clears throat> I didn't listen to what the, to the injury sort of knocking on my door and the back pain kind of knocking on my door. And um, I went out and I did a hard bike the next day and um, really ended up with three days of back pain that just kept me from like, you know, walking and sitting and (laughs) sleeping. And it really, really set me back. You know, it's like the, um, and so that then limited my training for about the next two weeks. So that was a big hurdle to overcome. And then of course you get scared about what not training is going to do. You get scared about whether you're going to aggravate it and everything like the, the, the avalanche of worry <laughs> starts to come at you. And I realized to myself, I thought, okay, you know, uh, you know, my doctor was on board and she was like, try taking this and try doing that and let's not do that. And Ryan's saying, okay, let's try to figure out, you know, what we can do and what not to do. And I thought to myself, all right, so definitely I need to double down on my nutrition. I need to double down on rest, you know, and really just get good sleep. And as like mental training, I absolutely need to do mental training. So um, there was a mental training coach named Vanessa Forrester, who I had read her work and thought that she'd made great sense to me. And I thought I'm going to give her a call and um, did. And I think that's what really helped me get through the race. You know, I want to point folks to the article, uh, but you share four things that Vanessa told you to keep in mind on, on race day. And I just wanted to maybe hear if you could share one of those. I, I could read them off, but I, I, I want to point folks, folks to the article itself to check it out on men's health. But there was one that I really liked, which was uh, 
just let the phone ring. Let the phone ring on your thoughts. And I thought that was just an interesting concept because it acknowledges that, hey, they're here and they're calling, but you're not going to pick up the phone. That's like a choice you can make. Um, tell me about that. What It seems like that might have been one that you were dealing with with as far as your back or any injuries or any any pain you were dealing with is just to say, hey, I can't change that, but I can definitely change if I'm letting that negativity in. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. In fact, um, <clears throat> you know, it sort of gets back to that point of triathlon being life um, and informing life because so her point was when a negative voice comes up for you and it probably will, um, you don't have to pay attention to it. You don't, you can, you can acknowledge it. It's just like every meditation teacher has ever said to you in your life, you know, see it, nod to it, note it, don't engage with it. When the phone rings, you don't have to answer it. And I felt like that's so clear because it just is so actual. I was like, yeah, you know what? This is, this is happening. I hear it. I'm not going to engage with it. I'm going to move on. I also think, you know, and I, I will give away another one of the things that she said, because I thought it was so important and always very important, is that she said, you know, think about what is possible. And I think sometimes, you know, you're in the middle of a tough climb and it's hard to think about what is possible. But what she meant by that was, um, you know, I had a chance to practice. Okay, if I feel like this, then what is possible? If you know, and also like if I get a flat at five o'clock in the morning, I'm supposed to meet my friend at 620. Well, what is possible? Well, it's possible for me to, and I don't have a tube, you know, it's possible for me to harvest a tube from another bike and get it done and, you know, make it happen. But I think that um, one of the things, you know, one of the things that I got to practice when she talked about what is possible was one morning I was riding, I was doing my ride and I just did not feel great. You know, I felt sluggish. I felt like creaky. I felt like my sinuses were allergy-y. And, you know, I just, I, there was no way I was on top of the pedals. And I thought to myself, oh, man, what if you feel like this on race day? And I thought, yeah, what if you feel like that on race day? You're going to have to find a way to deal with it. So let's, like, think about that. W what are you going to do? You know, given how you feel, what is possible? And I've talked to a lot of mental training experts who say that um, you don't have to be having your best day to have your best day. And they say that, e that sometimes an athlete will, you know, elite athletes will step out, you know, on deck of the pool or, you know, on race day and be kind of like, I am feeling great. And they won't have their best performance. And sometimes when they walk out there and they're like, yeah, not at the super top of my game, not totally on top of the pedals, and they will just knock their performance out of the park. And what they say is that there is a, a, you know, the belief that you have to be having your best day to have your best day is actually not quite true. And so Vanessa reminded me to ask, well, given what's happening, what is possible? So that day that I went out on the bike and I felt kind of crappy, I thought to myself, you know, okay, well, what is possible today? Is it possible that you could have a great performance, even if you don't feel good? And you know what? It was fine. I performed fine. And so when race day came, I really thought to myself, all right, what, you know, and, and things didn't go quite the way I wanted them to. I really thought to myself, okay, given the situation I'm in, what is possible? 
And it was a lot more than I thought. Wow. that What an awesome lesson. There's so much to that. One is, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a high chance you're not going to feel your best with the travel, different food, uh, you're putting your body through the, you know, the jet lag, all that. Um, the stress of leading up to it with normal life. I mean, there's a good chance you're not going to feel your best. Uh, and so often, I don't know about you, I'll speak for myself, when I'm not feeling my best and I was planning on something, I'm just like, well, screw it. I don't want to do it anyway. I'm not going to do it. You know, what's the point? And when really I could have gone out there and probably done at least 90% as good as um, I was hoping to if I was feeling my best. So, I mean, that's a lot more than not doing it at all. Uh, but also that the athletes having their best performances when they're not feeling that is so interesting because that can apply to anything. I'm sure you've seen that with um, some of the things you've written. I know musicians have talked about that, like their hit song is not the one they felt that they, you know, clicked as a band on, but it was the one that really resonated with with the public. So have you started applying that to other places? Oh, definitely. I mean, the moment she said it, I went, yeah, absolutely. You know, you really say what is possible today. And then all of a sudden the limits are off. That is so, you know, because, yeah, I mean, I do think we put too much stock in believing that everything has to be perfect for things to be perfect and, you know, or for things to be great. And that I love that that's not always the case. I do too. That I really, really like that. I, I'm really glad you said that, and I think I think folks are going to enjoy hearing that. So, well, well, then tell us then on race day when you lined up, how were you feeling? What 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 was going through your head? How how you know prepared did you feel? Yeah, so that's great. I mean, that's the cool thing about training with a coach. Yeah, I had lost a couple of weeks, but you know, the expression is the hay is in the barn. You know, what I mean, I had been so consistent with my workouts. That yeah, there were a few key workouts I missed, but you know what? I had been training for however many months. A few key workouts were going to be fine, you know. So I really channeled the consistency that I had had because that is one thing I have going for me. I am really consistent, and you know, if they say do a workout, I do the workout. So I felt when I got to the starting line, you know, and thanks also to the mental training, I knew I had done the physical training. And I knew I'd started to really lock in on the mental training and really had these some things to ask myself and some strategies. And I had had a race two weeks before that was a swim run. And so I got to like practice sort of race strategy and 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 being in a race. And and the other thing for me is, you know, I'm not going to (laughs) win. So I'm at this place in my in in triathlon where being first isn't really gonna be the place for me I mean you know um in a 70.3 that's a really big 70.3 so you know can I do really well for myself yeah did I get on the podium a couple times in small races this year yeah but but you know so I didn't have that pressure of I have to win um and so that was great so I chose for myself some thoughts about how I wanted to race and so it wasn't yeah, I had a time in mind. I was really going for the time. I thought it was really cool to beat my younger self. You know, could I do better than I did in my best triathlon ever? I'm 10 years older. Maybe I'm 10 years smarter. You know, just everything's cool. And actually, ironically, I was on the same bike that I was before. And my poor little bike felt so um, outclassed in transition with all these fancy new bikes. But, um, but you know, like kind of an interesting experiment, too. And um, so... Um, 
so uh, race morning, I really felt prepared. I, I wasn't really nervous. I was just like ready because I had a plan and I was ready to execute my plan. And my plan was about more than the time. You know, my plan involved process goals. So those are things that you can tick off along the way, successes that you can have along the way of any race. So, you know, am I taking my gel every 30 minutes? Am I taking my sips of water every 10 minutes? Yeah. And every time you do that, you get a check in the did it win column, you know? So race morning was actually also beautiful weather. The, 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 and, and the swim is stunning. I'm a swimmer. So like, I love um, ocean water and um, it, you know, you can see the bottom. I wasn't prepared for that. And I, I don't usually look and there was this sand, beautiful sand the whole way. And um, so, yeah, that was, that was great. There was a moment at the start though, the announcer's fantastic. And they're playing this music and they're building it up about how you are about to start this half Ironman. And I thought to myself, you know what? Hmm, don't answer the phone. You know, they're making this into a big dramatic thing. And really, do you know what? It's a race start of a race that you're prepared for. You're good. Don't get too hyped up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Don't let it get to you about, oh, this thing you're about to undergo. I'm just like, yeah, I'm swimming, biking, running. And like, how cool is that? That's interesting you say that. That's that's almost uh, uh, reining it in on the opposite end of the spectrum of like, don't let yourself get too low, but also don't let it, you know, on the other end, it, it can be negative too, you know, letting yourself get too worked up about it. That's that's interesting you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. And it was like this, you know, kind of hype, heartbeat, sweep you away, you know, like TV moment. And I went, mm, don't engage. Engage with your plan, not this thing. So it sounds like race day, you know, it, it, like we just said, it's not guaranteed to be great, but it sounds like this one was pretty nice. It was lined up well, the beautiful beach, great water, awesome course, great city. Take us through the race. How did All it that. end up going? Because that's, I mean, the race itself is another journey within a journey. It is, it is, it is. And, you know, a lot of people do say, you know, the race is really just a celebration of your training. Yeah. And and so I was going to say, you know, that I had chosen, um, you know, I had chosen to approach this race with joy and focus. So since winning is off the table, I'm like, what do you want out of this race? And I thought, hmm, how I live my life is with joy and focus. So I think I can do this race. So I would like to do this race with joy and focus. I will, whenever an unhelpful thought comes up, I will think, is this helping me with joy and focus? The race prior to that, I had chosen being playful and present. And then again, you hold up every card that the race deals with you, deals you, and you're like, is this helping me be playful and present? So this day I was like, okay, is this, you know, how, how is this helping me with joy and focus? Swim was like all joy. I came out third in my age group in the water. It just, it was terrific. It's beautiful. It was you know, water's perfect temperature as great. So um, came out of the water, that was fine. Got my bike, got on my bike and had that moment where, you know, you come out of transition and this is one of those places where it's flat coming out of trenches. And so often, you know, the water's low and the rate and the bike is high. And so you have to like climb first. This one, you totally didn't. And so you just started off and felt, you know, I felt on top of the pedals. It was great. And then there was a headwind, you know, and so so there was it, it handed you some stuff. There was one section where you 
went for a few miles into the wind, a few miles out of the wind, a few miles back into the wind, a few miles back out. And, you know, it was kind of interesting to see your speed fluctuate so much. And, um, you know, when you went into the wind, it was a really, really, really stiff wind in some places, but then it was at your back the whole way home. So not whole way home, but, you know, almost the whole way home where it was, you know, um, in that direction. And so the bike was, was nice. The bike was, um, you know, again, beautiful. It was starting to get hot. Uh, I kept up my main nutrition plan, kept ticking the boxes, you know, rack my bike, get off my bike. I sort of get these leg cramps. That's weird. I'm not a leg cramp runner, but you know, it was one day in training that I had leg cramps. So I took this little hot shot stuff with me that I take when I get cramps when I swim. I was like, ah, you never know. So I'm like, all right, and ran them out. And uh, that back injury that I had dealt with, all of a sudden around mile seven just came up. And um, all of a sudden I was like, wow, I am running sort of like bent over. Like, like it's like it's like my bot torso wants to lean over like a flip phone <laughs> and, and i was like okay okay straighten up you know just like just like see well what what would it take to straighten up what muscles do you need to use to like run proud run strong let your legs you know be be have ease under you and i was like yeah that's good and then i would like flip again and sort of list to the one side and then my doctor said later that it was just my my spine asking for space in my spine and I was like, wow, this is really weird. So then I, you know, would run a little bit more, bend over and come back. And it was just, I, I was like, okay, this is not going well. And, um, and I thought to myself, okay, well, what is possible? We came back to that question. I'm like, what is possible? And I remembered in training, uh, Ryan had given me a, an efficiency um, exercise where at the end of an easy run, you do 30 steps on your left foot and you count them and you try to turn your feet over pretty fast. And I was like, you know, I always love that. Let's see, can I do 30? Can I count 30? And then, you know, minute recovery. So then I'll count to 60 while I, while I walk. And then, and so I did that. And sometimes I only got to 20 and, but it, it was, it was a real focusing thing because I thought, you know, counting really brings you in the present. And I wasn't like, how am I going to make it for the next couple of miles? Cause that's the, that's the thing that happens is, you know, you get ahead of yourself. You're, you know, as my, one of my friends says, your head and your feet aren't in the same race. And so counting really helps you be present. And it really helped me, you know, it also helped move me along. I was like, okay, can you do 30 steps of running? Yep. And uh, then I would do 60 seconds of recovery. And, you know, that went okay. I thought it was going okay. And uh, another competitor stopped his race and comes up to me and says, Pada. And he puts his hand on my shoulders. The next thing you know, he reaches up to my neck and he cracks my neck one way and he cracks my neck another. And I'm not usually like, I get kind of nervous about people like touching my neck or yes. whatever, not for yeah, any reason. I don't, but I, don't, just... I don't usually let people grab my head and crack my neck that I've never right. met. <laughs> right. But it was something. And when he ran, he, he went behind me then to do, you know, one of those back crack things. You know, there was something about the way he put his hands on my shoulder and the way he put his hand on my neck that I knew he was okay. I knew he knew he was what he was doing. And at that wow. point, I was like, hey, if it helps, yeah. Doesn't seem like a moment that would happen anywhere else. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like totally. that freely. Like, do you tell me I don't, you're, you're not that type of person that just let someone come up and crack your back, I imagine. 
Right. But there was just everything about it said that he was there to help. Do you know what I mean? And it was just, just through that little bit of touch, you know, I was like, it's okay. This guy knows what he's doing. And clearly he sees what the deal is. And to recognize that in someone else and say, I'm going to do something. How that is something else. Right. Isn't that cool? Because, you know, I think so often people think of competitive athletes as, you know, you know, you, I mean, (laughs) the announcer said the day before, you know, sometimes people put on spandex and they get stupid, but, um, you know, and I think (laughs) sometimes people perceive the, the race that way, but it just wasn't, you know, and, and particularly that moment was a racer helping a racer and, um, you know, an athlete helping an athlete. And that is just, the, you know, how can you not feel joy and gratitude for that? You know, I mean, and humor. I, I when looking back, it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, pain, pain will, uh, you know, going going through something uncomfortable. You don't care who's there if they promise help, whatever. Okay. Just, just right. come and do it. Um, right. My goodness. So- yeah, so we got through the race that way, you know, and I was just like, focus, don't answer the phone. You know, it's like, oh, well, you have quite a few miles away to, to go. And, you, you know, and it was hard because I'd set out to beat my time. And there I was fully 100% not going to beat my time. And I said, okay, do you know what? That's off the table. Put something else on the table. You know, and, 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 and Vanessa had said to me, how do you want to feel when you finish? And um, I was like, other than exhausted, uh, you know, and knowing that you <laughs> left everything out there. And yeah. And I mean, you know, what feeling do you want at the finish line? And I thought I can still get that feeling. Yeah. I'll be proud if I get the time I, I was going for, but I'm going to be proud if I leave everything out here today, if I invest everything I can possibly invest in getting to that finish line, I will have had a good day. And I really just, you know, focus, 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 joy. People would be like, come on, Marty, banga Mardi. Um, and, um, <laughs> it, it, you know, joy and focus. Okay, your back's doing this. How are you going to focus your way out of this? Okay, you know, yeah, somebody gives you a little energy. Great. And I got across the finish line and I felt so grateful that I'd really poured everything into it. I knew, I just didn't even look at the clock, actually, once that started happening. I'm like, whatever time it is, is whatever time it is. And what you're going to do now is something different. I got across the finish line and it was actually less time than I expected, I guess, because, you know, and, and then I found out that I was seventh in my age group and I was like, you know what? I'll take that. I will take that. I would have taken anything because I really put everything into that race, wow. but it was really, you know, that was, that was sort of a little bit of icing. How did crossing the finish line feel? Was it similar uh, or different than, when you had done a similar event a decade prior? Oh my God, it was totally different. Could not have been more different. I mean, I don't even think I went for a PR on that one. And I'm sure that I looked at my time and I looked at my watch at the end of that one. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, and this time I felt so grateful. I felt so grateful for all the help I had had crossing the finish line. I felt so grateful that I poured everything I had into it. I just, it was this absolute like open heart feeling of, of just feeling that, that this, everything came together to make it happen. What, what, what do you think as, you know, the race was not, not quite two weeks ago now, but uh, you know, a week and a half or so, 
What what do you think are going to be those lessons you walk away from? Maybe just one. You don't have to say, you don't have to say the most important because that might come over time. But like what, what what right now are you saying? This is I'm going to try to be different this way, or you know some some change that it, that it caused in you. Definite uh, uh, tie between don't answer the phone and think about what's possible. You know, um, I think those are life things that are I'm going to be able to pour into every aspect of my life for more awareness and more focus and um, just knowing that you're putting into a day what you can get out of it. Awesome. I love that one. Well, if it's all right with you, I'd love to ask you a couple rapid fire questions. Yeah, great. This was uh, quite a huge achievement. So I, I don't imagine that uh, you, you have another major goal maybe just yet in this space, but maybe you do. Maybe there's something overarching that we haven't even talked about. But what what would you say one of your biggest goals you haven't yet achieved is now? Well, I do have to say there, a thing happens where crossing the finish line tends to create an insatiable craving for crossing the next finish line. So, <laughs> so there's always that someone once asked me how I celebrate a big race and I'm like, uh, signing up for another signing one up for the next one. So, so there are definitely things that I want to do, but you know, more than anything, it's things I want to do in training. Um, you know, I want to double down a little bit on strength training. I want to, you know, figure out this back thing. I want to see if maybe I can improve my, you know, what bike I have and, and my performance on the bike a little bit. So um, definitely th- there are things that I have to focus on. What, what would you say one of the most important daily habits was outside of this specific training that, uh, that helped you get through this? Uh, I'm pretty good about going to bed uh, at a good time. Um, and daily habits, um, you know, I think it's just looking ahead on Sunday I would really make sure that I had my week covered as far as what, how to make everything happen that needed to happen that week. So probably planning. And that might be the answer to this one, but what was maybe the most uh, misunderstood aspect about getting ready for a, a race this big? I think it was the injury thing. It was how can I manage um, staying healthy, getting to the start line and then doing the race. Did you end up having any uh, athletic beers that you enjoyed? Was there a style that you liked? First ride all the way. I love first ride. I love, I, I like all of them, but first ride, if that is around, uh, it's, that's, that's mine. I love it. That's, that's probably my dad's favorite. And that's one of my top favorites too, as far as a darker beer. I, I really enjoy first ride. Few and far between, you know, you got to cherish those when we get them. Well, I'll tell you, the other funny thing is at the other end of the spectrum, athletic light, I like too. So they couldn't be more different. But, you know, on different days, each one has its place. Oh, I'm sure on a hot day after a long runner bike and you're just sweltering an athletic light would hit the spot. Um, that That's when I find I enjoy it, like mowing the lawn or something like that. Um, well, that is so awesome. Uh, so on each can of our beer, it says... Uh, brew without compromise, but we believe, and you are a clear example of this, is in order to do anything excellently or without compromise, you can't just do that thing. You kind of have to live that way. It's it's a whole lifestyle. Um, so what does it mean to you to live without compromise? I, for me, 
I think it's really about defining what you want and how you're going to get it. It's not just what you want, but it's the feeling that you want to have along the way and how proud you want to be of yourself along the way. And I think there's uh, flexibility in that. Um, you know, it's not like without compromise doesn't mean um, doesn't mean that you're you're rigid. It means, you know, I think just what we were we've been talking about. It means you get where you want to go with a smart plan and with smart adjustments to the plan when you need to make them, and you're still moving in that direction. If you're interested to read more about Marty's story, there is a link to the show notes to the article she wrote about the experience, which goes into some more detail about the training and some of the lessons learned. And also, if you want to compete on Team Athletic next year, make sure you're an ambassador and the application is you should be seeing it in emails. And if you want to try some of the beers that Marty said was her favorite as well as any others, go to our website. You can order it right there or look for it in a store near you.